you know it's going to be a great day, a beautiful, glorious day when you hear that crown vent. Welcome to episode 10 of the Very Poorly Made Police Memes podcast. I'm your host, Phil. Shortly, we will have a, another, we'll have a cop in California named Phil who will be our co-host and guest. He has some great fucking insight on things in California and policing how it's changed. He's got a couple of years under his belt. Today's kind of uh, a bad day. It's Thursday that we're recording. This will come out on Sunday. But today we learned we lost some service members in Afghanistan. And I'm not going to get political or anything like that. That's not going to do any good. But uh, just remember those folks, man. You got We have people paying the ultimate price. So uh, remember those folks. Make a toast to those folks. Uh, pray for their families, all right? Now on to uh, happier subjects. Thank you guys honestly really for all the support this page has gotten in the podcast I, I'm very fortunate that this is so far so good it's been going pretty well so I'm going to keep it rolling talking to everyday cops we'll get a couple meme lords in there maybe we can coax a donut operator to be on this that'd be cool but uh, you guys are awesome I appreciate all the you know people coming and sending me messages hey what do you about, think about this and that and all that shit's good I, I appreciate it and I also appreciate all the patches I'm, it's been awesome i'm very humbled by it you want to send me patches just send me a dm and i'll let you know how to do that um but before we get going today with uh our good friend phil uh, i need to uh, give some thanks to uh copquest.com they are the folks that are sponsoring this podcast today they're awesome they've got everything when i was still on the job i was pretty limited in where i could get stuff from it's nice to see uh, good companies like this are they have a presence out there for us so uh, anyway go check out copquest.com they are the police equipment superstore they have an in-house custom patch department they sell safari land blackhawk blanche connor acre 511 everything right all for below retail you can even save up to 34 percent on streamlight flashlights which if you listen to this podcast you know i dropped one and it really made me upset because they're great did I mention that they have a fast turnaround and no minimum on orders, plus free shipping on most orders and an extra 5% off when you use the code COP5, C-O-P-5 at checkout. So guys, go check it out, copquest.com. They've got an Instagram account too. I will link that when we post all this stuff. Go check them out. You guys won't be disappointed. Anyway, without further ado, uh, I'm Phil, and we are going to have our good friend Phil on the podcast. All right, and the moment you've been waiting for, I've got Phil, an officer out in the People's Republic of California on the horn. How are you tonight, buddy? Living the dream. That is the typical cop answer. I think we've uh, addressed that a couple times. What's what's going out in Calif- going on in California today? Uh, well, fucking a third of the state's still on fire, so we don't get much snow out here. It's kind of nice to be able to step out and have the ash falling on it, get the kids rake up, make a little snowman out of it. Uh, I feel like California, like every single year, half the state's on fire. I don't know how there's any trees left. Uh, well, I don't either. It is. I'm just really waiting for there to be nothing left. And then I don't know. We just have some arson to start burning all the houses down. Well, they got to have something to burn, I guess. Phil, are you having anything to drink tonight? Yes. Ariana. What do you, what do you got on tap? Uh, not tap, see. 
I already jumped ahead straight to the uh, whiskey. I'm sipping on some Angel's Envy right now. Oh, so you're not drinking the pickle dick whiskey? God, no. That I actually saw that at the local liquor store and I was like, should I? So I can at least share in your misery. And then I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. You're, you're all alone on that, bud. I am all alone, but I, uh, I have an important announcement to make for everybody listening. So I've gotten a lot of shit from people cause I haven't finished it yet. And the reason I haven't finished it yet is cause it talk, tastes like Bigfoot's dick. But I found that if you mix it with club solo soda, it's almost palatable. So I've got, uh, I got some of it in some club soda. It's actually not too bad, but, uh, I'm trying this beer. It's, uh, Yeti Imperial Stout from uh, great divide. I think that's out in my former home of Colorado. You ever had one of these bad boys? No, I haven't. How is it? Well, I'm going to tell you in two seconds here. Although I'm a little nervous about this can because it's all dented. So I'm waiting for it to, you know, oh no, we're good. Let's see what happens here. Fucking awful. Oh, fuck. You know what? At least you were consistent. Awful whiskey, awful beer. Or maybe that goes with the theme of everything is poorly made. Is it supposed to be like, it almost tastes like chocolatey. Mm. I mean, the can, can's brown. And it had, well, it actually has Bigfoot on it. So this could be, I have the Bigfoot Dick's whiskey here. And then I have, Bigfoot's shit in a can. But to be fair, oh, you're off the show. But anyway, to be fair, the uh, I don't like stouts as much as I like a Pilsner. So it could just be me. Yeah, that's, that's going to be you. So just to recap for your listeners here, the millions of us that are out there, you prefer pickle whiskey and chocolate beer. It's, I didn't get it because it was chocolate. I got it because it had a fucking Yeti on it, and I'm a child. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll try and finish it before this is up. So throughout the episode, if you hear me, you know, wincing in pain, it's because of that. I will say I'm, I'm, I'm up to trying new things, so you can't fault me for that. You had mentioned to me when we first started talking that you were going to turn me on to some better whiskey. So here's your opportunity to save me. Oh, shit. Right on the spot. All right. Um don't know what you have out there wherever it is that you're at in the wonderful land of america but a couple of go-tos for me it's going to be uh this thing called rabbit hole that one's pretty good and then uncle nearest so i'm not one of those guys who's going to go out and drop 100 bucks on a bottle just to say okay like i'm drinking whistle pig just because it's expensive try to find something that's tastes good isn't exactly like safeway select brand You don't want like the Kirkland whiskey? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to put myself on a pedal stool. When I do grab that, that's usually going to be something I'm mixing. Fair enough. Yeah. So I'll throw out there too to all the millions of people listening. I would really like to try like beers and whiskey and any alcohol that's like a cop brewery. And I I don't know how like the, the regulations work as far as shipping and stuff like that. But if you have, like, if you're a cop or a former cop or whatever, and you have, you know, you have a brewery or something like that, fucking hit me up. We'll, we'll collab as the kids say nowadays. I think that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> you know, and this will be uh, the first step towards doxing myself here, but there's actually a really good brewery that is totally cop supportive. They do a ton of fundraisers out here for the area. 
uh, Thin Line Brewing. Okay. Well, maybe they'll hit me up. Um, no. Who knows? Maybe they'll sponsor an episode and give me lots of money. Um, <laughs> Cause that's, that's why I'm doing this folks is for the millions of dollars I make doing this. So anyway, let's talk cop shit. That's why we're all here. Phil, tell me a little bit about your career out there in California. All right. Well, so I've been on the job going on about 17 years now and started off with a mid-sized sheriff department, uh, spend a little time doing the usual things you do at an SO working corrections, courts, transportation, field ops, doing patrol investigations, decided to have my lobotomy and moved up to the brass there. And then I'm sure we'll probably dive into that. I uh, decided I really didn't want to sell my soul completely and ended up bouncing over to a PD instead of uh, moving up the chains any further. So is this new department a bigger department or a smaller department? It is smaller for sure. So, and that's kind of, there's a lot of unique differences from working from an SO to a PD. Um, obviously, I mean, there's some very rural SOs and I, I get all the jokes I hear about people fucking their cousins. And oh, I've got a one. million of those. Li- like people get mad at the ones I've posted. I've got way more. So be ready. They're coming. Anyway. <laughs> um, so give you just a mild example here go from patrolling an area that's over a thousand square miles down to about 20 so that that was quite a change right there well and then just just kind of the philosophies the mentality um little things like um i guess for you pd guys i'm still getting accustomed to it uh what's the word cover that's right cover <laughs> what's that <laughs> Yeah, that, I have some good stories about that. My uh, my FTO time at the PD that was quite the uh, the shock for me. I was used to out there working the county, and like your covers maybe 20, 30 minutes out of the rolling code to being on a call. I one of my early ones. I'm sitting there looking around. I'm like, okay, got another unit here. Another before the call's even done. I'm like, okay, there's four fucking units here. After I have talked to my FTO, I'm like, what's going on? Like, am I screwing something up? What's the big deal? And he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, why are there so many of us here right now? This is a routine call. This is this is standard. It's like, oh, okay, I thought you guys just wanted to come make fun of the hillbilly. But apparently, they got the bodies. Hey, why not use them? So this kind of opened a can of worms. And I'm glad you brought it up because I've always been interested in especially somebody that's made the transition from a sheriff's office to a PD. And, and I know there's some PDs out there where you don't have cover either, but you have that experience. Now that you've kind of experienced both, I guess, give me your thoughts on, you know, rolling some of these calls without cover out in the county. I mean, did you feel comfortable doing it at the time? I, I did. And it's just because that's all I knew. I mean, you're going a decade and a half. That's just the way of life. Like, okay rolling out on a dv and if you know you get one cover unit on scene great but the majority of the calls you're handling solo like even your uh you're on view shit like pull over car middle of nowhere searching stuff and okay i got three guys stuffed in the back going to town do my vehicle search versus a city 
I remember I got dinged because I started searching stuff people before I had a second unit on scene. I was like, well, I, I got you, you're my F2, there's two of us. Like, yeah, no, that's that's taboo. We don't do that here. So that that was one of the major shocks for me. Interesting. Because I worked in a PD, and it's probably obvious by now that I worked in a bigger city. And it's re- like it was really foreign to me to and don't get me wrong, like I got to a point where I got comfortable and like everybody does it and you shouldn't, but you fucking you'd see a call on the board, you're like, I don't want to fucking go with anybody on this. You'd roll up there, you'd handle it, you'd get on the air and say, Yeah, I'm out on it, and it's code four. Which worked great until you're like, Hey, I'm out on this call and I'm in a fight. And people are like, Where the fuck are you? Man, now going back to now, if you went back to a sheriff's department, do you think you'd be uncomfortable with not having, you know, cover there essentially on some of these calls? No, not really, because they, they haven't broke me of the bad habits yet. And full disclaimer, I'm I'm not gonna think I'm Superman and go out there and handle anything solo. I've always been a big believer. If you got cover, if there's a safer way to do it, slow down. If time's on your side, take all the steps you need to. I mean, we all want to go home safe at night, right? But just some of the things I just constantly would be like, all right, working graves, starting a routine traffic stop. And at my PD, it is mandatory. Like you, whenever someone does a car stop, you just start a cover unit instantly. And so I just kind of got savvy to where same thing. It's like, all right, put out location plate and go ahead and stand by on my cover. And eventually the guys are like, okay, we, we get that you're used to this and you're fully capable of handling it. But same time, you, you just kind of, you have to get used to just going through how they do things in the city. Yeah. I, I like the memes where it's like the, you know, the, the sheriff, he has got like his fucking shotgun. He's like, hold on, Nancy, I'll handle this call by myself. And you know, there's like 45 cops going to the noise complaint. But, I mean, <laughs> if, if you have, if you have the people to do it, why not? Yeah, that's true. And it's it's something like even the PDs, and even when I worked for this, uh, there's a bunch of friends for the local PDs. We're getting along, and we kind of knew a little bit of the difference, but some of the guys coined the term, oh, you guys are just fucking, you're county hard. You guys want to do everything. So it's like, well, it's just kind of what we're used to, because Jim Bob is a good 45 minutes out, and he hasn't finished clearing the cows out of the road, so I'm kind of limited on my options here. Yeah, I went on a ride along because I thought about moving out to a smaller agency when I was still on. And at that time in my life, the money part of it just wouldn't work out because it was like the pay was awful. And I, I don't know how it is in California, but you get outside of the cities in a lot of places and you're like out in the rural America, like being a cop, you don't make fucking, you make dirt money. You do not make good money at all. And I have, you know, documented, I have a million kids to feed. So at that point in my life, I was like, no, that it's just not going to work. But I go out on a ride along with this deputy and it was just amazing to me. I mean, granted the population is a lot different, but you know, you, you have a, you know, 400, 500 miles you're responsible for. You're the only person on at that time. And I was like, fuck, this is, you know, I, I'm very confident in my abilities, but it's kind of dangerous, right? Like I can't, you know, I can't beat anybody. You get one good bar fight and you're going to be in some trouble, you know? Oh, absolutely. That's, you just kind of have to get used to it. And it it's, I don't know. I'd have to say there's times where out in the County, I've been in very bad spots where, okay, like you're hearing the banjos playing, you just hairs on the back of your neck, start standing up. You're like, you know what? Do I really want to dig any deeper? My cover is still 20 out. Let me just kind of whoosh through this. Just it's, it's a bad vibe. 
And then I've done shit in the city to where, all right, there's like three or four of us, but what's hard for me is, okay, I got all this cover, but it's different because population is so dense. And it's like, okay, I got like eight different people stepping out of their homes, recording, jaw jacking. It's like, okay, out in the sticks, who knows who's around the corner and down in the ditch and all that. But in the city, just the unknown and having so many more people just jumping into the middle of your scene equally is a bad feeling as well. Definitely. And I was thinking about it. I mean, a lot of the bad shit you see police-wise as far as officers getting hurt, you, you know, you almost think it's the city, but it's, it's really not. I mean, I, I would challenge you, a lot of these officer down stuff, get on any an officer killed by gunfire, an officer killed by this or that, you'll see it's very evenly spread throughout cities, county, you know, middle America, the coast, things like that. The job can be dangerous any place you work. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've I've lost a friend, a partner who was murdered while working at the SO. And I've 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 had other partners on my shift taking rounds and then same week, you know, in the local PD and an officer gets killed in the middle of a downtown, very like college friendly area. So it's it can happen anywhere. It's yeah, I don't really think the, you know short staff and anything just bad shit's gonna pop up when it pops up yeah unfortunately uh always be vigilant so you mentioned earlier that you jumped from uh being in the brass and now you know kind of not want to say towards the end of your career but maybe towards the end of your career you decided to jump ship and uh, go to a police department and you're basically quote unquote, a rookie again, even though, you know, you're, you're a lateral, but what was the motivation to leave a leadership position and then uh, get back on the road? Oh, shit. I'll have to give you the cliff note version because this would end up being like a four part episode. <laughs> uh, when it comes down to it, and I mean, the reality is when I moved up and it wasn't just, Hey, I need to make more money or power trip or just, you know, want to try to work my way to desk, any of that. It was, getting tired of seeing the leadership that was promoting up. And I was never a fan of those types of guys who want to sit around after call and, you know, bash on this or that and never make any effort to actually change your environment. So when I first made my step up was just like, okay, I don't want to work for this dude, for that one. Fuck it. I'm going to bite the bullet and I'm going to throw my name in the ring here and see if I can't do it. Now, Doing it and trying to fight the good fight to change the establishment, the way we do things, it gets fucking old being one of the very few people in establishment that has that mindset that isn't out to motherfuck the next person, try to take that next step up, try to get, I don't know, revenge, payback on people who pissed you off when you're rising up, any of that. So it, that kind of started wearing me down a little bit. And give you an example of it. Had another uh, member of Brass who was very heavy handed. This guy was the type who like, okay, I had deputies leaving. And I shit you not, this was an actual case. So hopefully again, don't dox me on it. But he had about four deputies who were punched out leaving. And it was, I think it was seven minutes before the end of their shift. Now, they're working at a courthouse. Everything's code four, shut down. Literally, would have just sat around and watched TV for the last 10 minutes of their shift. And 
kickstart an IA on them. Now that type of shit, and he was very proud about it, like just being able to drop the hammer on anyone for any little PMP violation that he could. And seeing that type of behavior being rewarded, it's like, okay, let's look at the bigger picture. Was there a need? Did you even give them a chance to explain, counsel them, do anything before you just sit there and drop a sledgehammer on them? And just seeing more members of the establishment kind of have that mindset to where they're forget where they're coming from. Forget about, hey, we're leaders. We're not supervisors. We're supposed to be making it better for our troops, give them the tools to succeed, better their careers. Just do everything that we can, not just sit there and micromanage the shit out of it. You add that into the mix. A couple other, hang on, let me take a sip. I'm getting kind of long-winded on you here. No, you're good, man. Uh, I've been making an attempt. I know sometimes I get a little wild and I cut people off. So I'm trying to make this just a little bit less poorly made. But I did have some points to make on what you said. Because obviously, like, time fraud is like, that's that's a big deal, right? But we're fucking talking seven minutes. And places I worked, it was kind of a thing that, like they use like a 15 minute rule or whatever, like whatever side you are on 15 minutes, that's what you get paid for. Right. I, like I worked at in the private sector and things like that, but seven minutes you're talking like, that's an easy, like, Hey dudes, like, I mean, as long as they didn't leave their post unfulfilled, they didn't, I mean, they didn't do their duties. Yeah. Don't fucking leave. But Hey guys, don't do that instead of fucking dropping the hammer on them. But then you'll have like the other guys that like will legitimately fucking commit time fraud and then they're like, well, I don't get why they're getting so upset. Double dipping and shit. Like they'll be on the clock, but then they'll go work an off duty job and shit like that. Um, but, but those are the dudes you, you fucking hammer on. You don't fucking hammer on the dudes that, yeah, you shouldn't have punched out early, but uh, that's something that's, that's a correctable issue. Right. Oh yeah, totally. And, and I agree hundred percent like that double dipping and you're, you're abusing the system. Yeah. Fuck you. You, you know what you get, what you deserve. To give more context, these individuals who were getting the hammer dropped on them, I personally know these are the types that, hey, they start their shift early. You know what? They have to go unload a band. They need to go do this. They get held over lunch, courts running long, or any other little detail where, you know what, it's eating into their time. If we want to be technical, they should be getting compensated for that. And they're never the ones to put in for because who's going to put in for, okay, I started 10 minutes early. I you know held over 20 minutes on lunch. It's kind of one of those, and it's always been one hand washes the other. You don't abuse it. It's noted. You get that little bit of that leeway for that. Okay, I'm going to stare at you for the next 10 minutes or go ahead and down your gear and you guys can take off. Yeah. Well, so, here's a funny story about that. I had a boss where I was there, and I was a rook, but like I was there like, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes late and i was like fuck i'm here i'm doing like i'm doing work i'll just put in for it which at my department they would cut you out a little bit early and so his this guy's thinking was like well you could cut out a little bit early you shouldn't have put in the time right i guess i see that logic but but here and so i was like okay that makes sense and i wasn't like super pissed about it but what pissed me off he's like you know if you're gonna stay late just stay late an hour or two and, and make it worth our time but i was done right like i'm not gonna like He's like, yeah, if you got to go downstairs and take a piss or shit or whatever, it takes a little bit longer. That's fine. I'm like, that's worse. That's so much worse. I, oh, yeah, absolutely. This You're... is a guy that's fucking in a leadership position. Yeah, that's that's piss poor right there. And I'm going to go on a, a little rant right here. I worked in the private sector and I worked 
you know, obviously in a police department for the government. And it always pissed me off, like the fucking waste of money on stupid shit, right? That's one of those things, like the taxpayers pay me, even though it's like, you know, an extra couple bucks because I stayed an hour instead of a half hour. Morally, that's fucking wrong. Stop stealing money from taxpayers for stupid shit. Anyway, go on. I agree. And um, jumping back, so I mean, it wasn't just those things, but things like that were were adding up. And it got to the point, one of my last positions, like, okay, I was tasked to oversee a, a division and pretty much clean house. And there was a bunch of fucked up shit going on. And I was holding people accountable. And now we go from one guy who wants to drop a hammer without looking at the bigger picture, you know, a few minutes to... I'm dropping the hammer on people who are stealing narcotics, who are taking county property and taking it to their homes, like actual legit, like we should be filing on you right now type of shit. And I have no problem doing that. If, if you're going to fuck up, you're going to toss your badge, you're going to go out and do this type of stuff, then you reap what you sow, right? Absolutely. And so in the midst of this going on, admins coming around and it's like hey you know what we need you to take care of do some ias for us want you to look at this individual okay take it on okay review it take appropriate action that's great and so after doing a few of these then it starts coming with some caveats hey this person you know we need to take a look at them for doing this but this is what we like to have happen like well that's great what you want to have happen but if you're gonna have me investigate someone look into things it's going to be it is what it is i'm not going to sit there and be guided on how my findings are going to come out and that started becoming more prevalent to where one officer deputy could do one action and they want to go for the jugular but then another person literally does the same exact thing and they want nothing to happen it's amazing yeah oh yeah and I hate you. I'm going to just drop a hammer on people. If you work on a police department that does that, you work on a fucking shitty police department because that should not happen ever anywhere. And my place did it. Like there were dudes that would do shit and they would fucking skate. And then there are dudes that would do the same thing and they'd be the ones getting in trouble for it. And it's, it is what it is. And I understand that, you know, each issue is complex, but when you look at things, apples to apples, they, they should be the same punishment all around. That's, yeah, and I, I agree. Any agency that does anything otherwise, shady as fuck. And you got big problems because if that is the mentality, the problems are starting from the top and trickling down. And yeah. it's like, how, how can you really address that when it's coming up so high? There ain't shit you could do. If you're an officer, if you're brass, it only goes so far. And that, that was kind of my, one of my fatal blows for being with this place was getting tired of that i i just didn't want to play the good old boy games anymore and that was kind of what i was faced with is either be fully on board with this mentality and have to live with it and it was making me miserable my wife knew that she could see it my happiness at work like it started affecting my personal life and that's when i was like okay if i can't change it all I can do is change. Do I want to be a part of the system or do I want to try to find somewhere else that isn't like this? 
that's good on you, man. I, I think that I wish more guys would do that because I think it would start to root out some of these issues on these big departments because look, you know, we look at, you know, these shit that happens with line level officers around the country and, you know, some of it is justified and the people lose their shit and some of it obviously is not, but where does all this start at the fucking buck stops here, right? These departments, you know, their, their chiefs are fucking cowards and they won't take accountability because everybody wants police accountability, right? But the people in leadership positions don't fucking hold themselves accountable and they need to be the most accountable. I see people fucking promote for the money and for the clout, not to be leaders. Leadership is not taking a fucking test, but that's, that's how we judge leaders. Right. Yeah. Sadly that's in my whole career. So 17 years I have worked with or for three actual leaders and everyone else was a supervisor and manager. And obviously we know the difference. And those people who are just a supervisor and manager, they, they go through the motions. They have no problem following admin's cue on what to do, how to do it, instead of trying to make it better for their troops, for the agency, which in turn makes it better for the community that we're supposed to be serving. Absolutely. 100%, dude. 100%. Um, so how are you liking the new PD? Oh, fucking loving it. Like I told the missus, I literally wish I would have jumped ship 17 years ago. And it's it's my fault because I'm old school, so I have a sense of loyalty. Like I used to have this very strong willed, you know what, this this department, they gave me my in, they put me through, they sponsored me through Academy. They were good to me. I've had my ups and downs, but nonetheless, I'm like, okay, I felt I owed them. I owed them my career everything just to be a part of this agency that that gave me the career and now working for a pd that is not like that not shady as fuck to where it's not just about who you know or hey okay your wife owns a plumbing company so you can hook me up with a cheap deal so guess what you get that specialty position you wanted like it's it's nice it's definitely feel rejuvenated working for a legit agency that's good, man. You saying that makes me want to get back. Honestly, doing this podcast, every episode I talk to somebody, I'm like, fuck, what am I doing? <laughs> I miss it. See, but uh, if, you're, if you're like that guy on Facebook today, I don't know if you saw all that drama. He's giving me oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Motherfuck. But whatever. Not a big deal. People so, let him get under your skin. I'm like, hey, I mean, it's, I don't know, a dude like me. I mean, I, I take shit personally. But I mean, I get a lot of flack anyway it's not a big deal but i was like you know sometimes it's just nice to call out the assholes whether oh, i'm petty or not i'm petty i'll admit it I, that was petty I, I didn't take the high road on it but that's all right no no and first off just jumping on i i personally i've talked to another buddy who you know we love the page listen podcast we have a bed going i'm like okay i totally see you getting back into the game within the next three years max i'm like that's there's no way. I've heard you talk about it, and I know that feeling of, hey, when you're hearing about other people speaking highly of a new department, things are going great. When you're seeing there's proof of it really can be better somewhere else, it's, that itch is just going to keep driving you nuts. So, yeah, I mean, it is. It is. But, yeah, we'll see, man. Yeah, I always, like, every other day, I kind of, like, check to see if the departments around here are hiring, but 
I probably should stop fucking drinking whiskey and start running again. So I'm ready. <laughs> that, that might help or at least report yourself, you know, go out and do a few laughs before you have a drink. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's what my, my grand plan on this. So I was like, all right, every day before I do the podcast, I'm going to go, you know, take a job, take a cold shower, come down here. And like every day my toddler screams at me and uh, the moment my wife come home, I start drinking. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> totally healthy. All right. So the other thing we were going to jump into and talk about is your, it sounds like you had some pretty shitty experiences with the state of California and their workers' comp. Uh, I have, and so have some of my partners. Yes, it's uh, it's a very fucked up system. So this is going to be dipping into that conversation where we go from me saying things where you're like, yeah, man, this is, I feel like, you know what, hearing this makes me want to get back into it to where now the conversation is going to make you feel like, you know what, fuck that. I'm good where I'm at. <laughs> or at least you're not coming out to California. Fair enough. So, um, yeah. So out here, and I, I don't know how it works for other states. Out here, we have an injury, obviously. And for all those listeners, for all those people who are just think about getting law enforcement, best advice, if you get hurt, report it. Don't try to be that tough guy and just be like, I'm fine. I don't worry about it because fucking a few years down the road, that injury is going to come back to bite you in the ass. If you don't report it when you should, you're going to be SOL. They're going to look and be like, well, we have no record of it, so you're on your own. Which, this happened on a couple of injuries for myself. But um, I've had some to where I've gone in, and there's a few injuries out here in the state that are just presumptive to where if you've been in law enforcement X amount of time, this injury is automatic. It's going to be covered like you're good to go. And there's some agencies to where they will still fight that tooth and nail. Like you're, you're allowed to go seek medical treatment initially. You have X amount of time until their insurance carrier decides, hey, is this an injury we're going to accept or we're going to fight this? And unfortunately, I've had one to where they decided, you know what? We're going to spend thousands of dollars fighting you on this versus just saying to the doctor, get patched up. Makes sense. That makes sense. It sounds like something the government would do. Yeah, it, it does. But it's, it creates a huge hardship. So you take officers who will sit there and I mean, let's face it. We're, I don't care if you're PD, SO, or even fucking trooper. You go out there, you're risking your life. And you get injured doing the work. You should be taken care of. And when you're not and they want to fight you, instead of like in a perfect world, they accept your injury, you're given out here, it's um, referred to as 4850 time to where basically you're receiving your wages tax-free while you're receiving treatment until you're cleared to return to like a light duty or you just come straight back out full duty. Now they fight that shit, pretty much fucked. You're left with having to use any of your leave balances burn through your vacation, your sick time, whatever it is that you have. And then depending on where you're at in the process, you're screwed. If some departments, some unions have like a insurance, an added thing through their unions that you can put in a claim. So maybe they'll, uh, the insurance accepts it. They'll pay for you like your deductions, your medical benefits, your retirement system, all that shit until you're patched up. Otherwise you're just stranded until you get a clearance or you fight the system and hopefully you win 
and then your department's forced to back pay you or to accept a claim and finally start giving you the treatment that you need. So are all the departments in California basically on the state workers' comp? Uh, so for at least my limited knowledge here is basically, yes, you, you have it to where if you're injured, it goes through state work comp. And again, it's, it's up to the agency because if they want to fight it, for an example, I'll give a buddy who had a back injury. They denied his claim. And so obviously they won't let him come back to work because they know like, well, your back's fucked up. So you can't go 10-8. You can't be in service. You know what? Use your leave banks. It is what it is. So he's burned through all this time. And while he's fighting it now, he's having to retain an attorney. And so that attorney is going to be dipping into any uh, settlement that he gets. They're taking their chunk to represent him. The department, they have HR, they have an insurance adjuster, and then sometimes the adjusters will then hire a law firm to have attorneys work on the case and try to find ways to where it's not the agency's fault, you're battling uphill. So from there, you're pretty much left with no treatment unless you're going on it through your own. You get set up to have what's called out here a qualified medical exam. So that's where attorneys are going to sit there and they'll pick up a list of three doctors who specialize in your injury. And they'll pick one off, basically DQ one from each side. So you're left with one or unless they agree upon one guy or gal. Mm-hmm. And so then you're waiting to be seen by the specialist who will then determine the extent of your injury. If you're capable of, you know, doing any type of light duty, returning to work. And if your injury is actually work-related, which could be relatively quick, but the problem is even pre-COVID, this takes months. So once you get to that point in the battle to actually go out there and pick a doctor to be used, you could be six, eight months out before you're seen, depending on your injury. That's wild, man. I know. So I have to preface this by saying I never got hurt at work. Well, I did, but not like to the point where I had to go to workers' comp or anything like that. Maybe I should have, I don't know, but ours was more of, I think out here, it's kind of city to city has their own thing. Um, But they, you know, they would deal with the same shit where like the doctor would say, oh, you're fine. It's like, well, I can't move my wrists, so I'm not okay. So it was more of like, they were, you know, shitting people out saying they're fine and they weren't stuff like that just because, yeah, the workers comp stuff, man, that can really fucking suck. And I think part of the problem too is I felt like, at least in my department, there were people that were basically on workers comp for the entire time I was there. And so it's those people that, you know, they, they're basically like always finding some reason to be hurt that when the guy that legitimately gets hurt because of all these experiences with maybe these people fucking not being honest they think it makes the system worse oh yeah they they fuck it up for everyone else who truly needs to fucking help and i've seen those yeah i was gonna say it's like it's like shoplifting right like the reason prices are so high on some shit is because they have to take into account like i know this this amount of shit's gonna get stolen and unfortunately a lot of stores are like well it's it's worth it now not even pursue shoplifting we'll just price things because we know this much inventory is going to get stolen oh yeah i mean i, I have a things, man. there was this a quick story we had this rookie who just passed his field training good to go when he's finally transferred out to the streets on a patrol team 
this first week. So he has a rough first shift, his second shift. He's basically just a complete shit show. And the team he's on was pretty cutthroat. And, you know, just giving him a hard time about all his calls, how he's handling shit. You know, not saying that's right, but he's having a rough time. So instead of working through it, shrugging it off, his third shift, he goes, at the beginning of his shift, he has a quote-unquote injury falling off of the curb when he's going to go inspect his vehicle. And I know because I was able to see some of the footage and actually see it, and I thought it was hysterical, is this guy goes out for over six months for what basically was rolling his ankle and is like literally if you're on the edge of a curb and you just hop down it's basically what you see on the camera but he was working the system just out of sheer embarrassment not wanting to go back to that team and waited until the end of the rotation before he got medically clear to return to work so shit like that that screws it up for the guys who truly are hurt and need help out of the system yep for sure man So something I like to ask folks in different states, and I'm keeping a very poorly made list of the state of the job in different states. Tell me about California. Is the job dead in California? The job, depending on who you ask, uh, we're full-blown decomp right now. I mean, I, I got to see it, and we'll hear that term. I'm sure you've heard it, too, about the pendulum swinging, and it's going to swing back, and things will be great again. No, it's not. I mean, out here in California, simple law changes, like you got your Prop 57, that basically uh, the Public Safety Realignment Act that lowers felonies to, uh, uh, what you call it? No, no, that was the, uh, the nonviolent, actually, Prop 57. So certain crimes were deemed nonviolent to reduce sentencing, help get parolees out. You have the prison realignment where people should be in state penitentiary, coming out to local jails to be babysat, and all this other shit like 47 that basically made uh, a lot of all our dope and theft crimes like the equivalent of getting a speeding ticket. So all that shit just made it so much harder to deal with. And now you're having all the defund and all the reform and all this other shit going on to where guys are afraid to go out and do their fucking job. They'll sit there in the parking lot and watch Netflix for half the shift. Hey, that's my joke, by the way. <laughs> by the way, you can buy a T-shirt that from me that kind of insinuates that. But anyway, go on. <laughs> so it's, and just for the record, I actually did buy that merch. It really hit close to home there. I And also for the record, he's not on this podcast just because he buys all my stuff. Anyway, go on. <laughs> so it's, I think a lot of it depends on the community where you live, that agency. If you have a lot of great support from the community, you're allowed to go out and do your job. It's a little more bearable, but there's some where I know guys who are just fucking miserable to where they don't want to do shit. They literally are just shagging calls. Otherwise, they have blinders on. I knew some guys who won't even leave the PD unless it's straight up a call for service. And then it's just 1019, head back to station and don't bother me so it's it's kind of sad because when i first started i mean it was fun to go out there and run a gun and try to do as much proactiveness as you can and now guys are always worried about am i going to get into something that's going to get me sued yep. more than worried about getting killed i've seen so much stuff lately on you know and i'll admit it to some i did some stuff towards the end where i'm like i wouldn't have done that a couple of years ago 
because people are, they're compromising their safety because you kind of make a decision internally, like, well, what's going to be better for my family? Do I take a risk on this? And maybe I don't go home and I'm not saying it's wrong or right, but let's just be real. It's a thing some of us have gone through is do I not do what I normally would do? So maybe I don't go home, but my family doesn't have to go through the issues of, you know, CNN's knocking at their door and people are protesting at their house and things like that. That's a real fucking thing, whether wrong or right. Um, and I, I certainly, it's hard to defend that type of attitude, but it's, I would say it's a real fucking thing. I mean, I, I've verbalized that to some people I work with, like, fuck man, if it's just me and some, something's fucking going down, do I fucking, you know, take my chances and not fucking ruin my family's life? I don't know. I mean, obviously me not being here ruins their life too, but you know, maybe you wait a little bit longer than you normally would to take some action and and roll the dice. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's ran through my head several times. And I've had that talk with my family and it's where that unique situation where it's like, is it worth keep going in this line of work with the way everything's turned and you know, what good are you going to be if you're dead or what this job is going to bring tumbling down on us? So it's, I, I can tell you personally, it has affected how I do the job. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to handle my calls. I'm, you know, take appropriate action. But yeah, there are a lot more things to where maybe I used to dig a little more and push the envelope. Now, not so much. No. And some of the recent court rulings, it's, it's sometimes, you know, it used to be pretty common sense, right? Like, what are Fourth Amendment issues? What's, you know, Fifth Amendment and all that stuff. And now it's like, well, it's all kind of muddled too with all these new laws. And there's not some of the stuff, there's not case law to help kind of define the poor definitions that have been put in various states where guys are like, I don't know what this means. And you can ask the people that wrote it and they're, they don't know what it fucking means. Um, it's a fucking shit time to be a cop right now in a lot of places. Oh, definitely. And, you know, this kind of circle back to some differences from an SO and a PD for me. So my SO, it was kind of nice where you'd hop in and pursue anything hey, all right, obviously you're not going to go 140 after someone just blowing a stop sign if you got them ID'd and you're weighing all, all the basic factors for public safety. But to go from a place where literally i have be in a pursuit, like, okay, we're going on 40 minutes, I'm in a different county and everything's good to go, got air support, to the PD where it's like, you can't pursue a single thing, like whatsoever, like, no, no. We don't literally care what it is. You shall not do this. And it's like, okay, now when the policies and everything, and I, and I get it from being former brass to a degree, but the agencies are so worried about protecting and not getting in trouble, not getting sued and tying our hands even more. It's, it just adds to that whole feeling that the job's dead. Yeah, unfortunately. Do you remember there was a thing where they said, hey, if you're not getting complaints, you're not doing your job? holy fuck that's dead and i obviously i don't advocate you know going out and motherfucking people and doing shit like that but you will generate complaints by doing your job because people don't like going to jail people don't like being investigated blah 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 and the body cameras kind of helps to an extent with that but now everything's so unreasonable that it truth you know you can't tell fact or fiction anymore no absolutely and that's one of the things where you know, I've had a few complaints back in my day, but I I never, 
did anything that's going to violate someone's rights, anything unlawful, unmoral, like, okay, as long as I'm in the good there, so be it. If I got a complaint, it'd be like, instead of some guys, hey, Sarge, I think you're, you're going to get a phone call. It's like, hey, you're probably going to get a call and a shift from so-and-so, but you know what? Go ahead and watch the video, listen to it. I don't have anything to worry about. I'm good to go. Yeah, that's not the case anymore now, but no. it, I mean, I guess if you got a good boss, it is, but those unfortunately, and you know, not to sound like this typical, typical fucking cop, but you know, those, those great bosses are unfortunately few and far between. So no, go ahead, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. I, I was just going to add on that and try not to die myself out, but I had one instance at the PD, and this is when I'm finally solo and doing my own thing. And I had a freshly promoted supervisor start to hit me up on it. Like, okay, I see, you know, like you contacted this person, you did the search and bring this report. Why are you doing, you know, A, B, and C? And explain it like, okay, well, you know, dispatch, you know, suspicious subject, this vehicle's watering there, running, no one could be seen inside of it. Contact them, gang indicia, uh, self-admitting gangbanger, consensual search on top of no backup with me, time of night, you know, laying all the facts. Okay, but why? It's like, well, what do you mean why? And we start going back and forth and he's lecturing me about, you know, the fundamentals of policing and really making sound decisions on wanting to search people and we have to be careful. I'm having this guy lecturing me and I'm not trying to be big headed. It's like, okay, I've done your job before and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but I'm going to go ahead and just bite my tongue and try to help walk him through the, where he needs to be on his conclusion of, yeah, I did my job right. But that, how, many, how many people in supervisory positions don't fucking understand case law? Like I had a, and I was a rookie at the time and I will fucking fight this tooth and nail. Anybody who wants to argue with me with this, I was right. Doing a pat down on the dude. I'm pretty sure it was uh, either. I don't think I had consent. I don't remember that. This is a great argument because I don't remember all the details, but basically I had like legal authority to pat this dude down. Um, I don't think it was, oh, it was consent. It was a consensual pat down. I you know basically bumped this dude up for like jaywalking at like three in the morning, like typical rookie shit, right? But anyway, you know, he looked like a shithead. I had a reason and a reasonable suspicion to talk to him. I had fuck probable cause, honestly, with the traffic violation. So I, I fucking go talk to this dude and I'm like, hey man, can I pat you down? He's like, sure, dude. So I pat him down and I feel plainly feel a fucking glass pipe what do people use glass pipes for hmm let me think weird so because i could and i didn't manipulate it plain feel right i fucking searched him no manipulation i'm like that's a glass pipe that's used for dope right so i end up you know taking it from him and i all i did was write this dude a ticket for paraphernalia also a rookie thing leave me alone but um Obviously, there's more to it. So I write this dude a ticket for, you know, whatever traffic, by you know, jaywalking in paraphernalia. And the Sarge reads the report and he's like, you couldn't take that pipe out of his pocket. And I said, why? He's like, because you didn't ask consent. I'm like, I didn't fucking need consent. I had fucking plain feel. I could plainly feel what it was without manipulation. And we argued for like two hours about it. Why are you a fucking supervisor if you don't know case law? It's terrifying. That is really sad. Did he have like a head injury? 
during that shift prior to speaking with you or anything to kind of trying to, you know, give the benefit of the doubt and justify the lack of intelligence on his behalf. But uh, no, he's just a fucking idiot. I'm pretty sure. See, that's that's the shit that kills me. And I don't know if it's a lack of knowledge or just the need to try to assert dominance over subordinates. And that could have been that dude. I'll give you that. That could have been that dude for sure. Yeah, it's just it's it's fucking sad. One of the best things I learned when I was on that side of it was don't know all the answers and seek out the people's opinions. Like what I would do is I'd have my guys say hey, debate shit. I have this one guy on my shift who constantly was pulling up case laws, not just in our state, looking up other shit going on throughout the states. And it'd always be a debate with them, but I always welcomed it because either A, if he's right, he's right. I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm gonna admit that. Vice versa, but it's getting them to think. It's we're both benefiting from it. I don't have to always be right. I don't have to sit there and put someone in their place to feel like, okay, I did my job. And especially some dumb shit like that, that just, that always bothers me when you've got someone in the, right there is a key example where, okay, if you don't know some basic rules of engagement, how to do the job, I, how am I going to be able to turn to you when I get to some complex shit that I need help on? Yep. It's just sad. It was aggravating. And I think at some point, I, I feel like we could be brothers from another mother because I'm like, I, I felt towards the end before I decided I was going to quit. I was like, well, maybe, maybe the answer is to promote. So maybe I could change things that way. And then I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta go back to a little, you know, some more schooling. And then I was like, fuck, I'm not going to change anything. This place fucking sucks. So it's especially in a big department. If you're, you know, just a line level supervisor, you're essential to fucking your patrol guy. Still, you just have a little bit more supervision. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's sad. And you know, even with that needing more education it's funny just kind of segue off of that back when i was still on it and try to move up the ranks there was like okay here's the steps you need a four-year degree this uh california they have a thing called the Sherman leadership institute it's this eight month long course you attend for supervisors to try to build you up for the next stage in your career you need to do all these levels just to show that, hey, I know more than just being a good B cop. I, you know, here's my crowning achievements. You're ready to move up. I've seen some agencies, especially one after I left, where they changed that to where it's like, okay, we have these high standards, but we like that guy. So we're going to go ahead and make it. Do you have a GED and a year on? Okay, that's all you need. And cost- <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I literally, I still have guys from my previous agency like venting and calling me it's like okay they've changed the rules for promotions three times the same level of rank three times in less than a year just to get the right people they want to move up so it's when, when you got agencies like that it's hard and that kills the drive to you know i can change this place but you know if there's you're going to find an agency to where maybe it is worth, hey, you stepping up and being a part of that change if you're not the only one with that mindset. Absolutely. Well, and to add on to that, I think there's also a thing where just because you have a four-year degree doesn't mean you're not a fucking dumb fuck. And I see a lot of guys that maybe don't have as much education, but I'd fucking are the smartest cops I've ever fucking met. Because being a cop, 
is not about book smarts. I mean, like you need to know your case law and, and have some, if, you, if you're going to be good, you need to be very intelligent when it comes to case law and understanding what you can and cannot do because it will save your ass. Oh yeah. But the biggest part of the fucking job is your ability to talk to people. I think oh, yeah. to a day-to-day type thing. I mean, like there's obviously a lot of factors, but if you can talk to people and essentially we'll call it what it is, a fucking Jedi mind trick. If you can get people to do what you want them to do, uh, whether that's, you know, getting them to be real with you when you're investigating a call, or if that's, you know, to get somebody to fucking drop a gun, or if that's to anything, to use that Jedi mind trick and, and to get people to work with you and be able to talk to people at their level. And I don't mean that to talk down on people, but I mean, be a, here's my advice too, is be a fucking human being when you go to these calls. It's okay to be, you know, you want that command presence, but people aren't going to respond to you if you're not like a real person. See, I couldn't agree anymore, man. I, it's fluid, all right? That's something where I could sit there and talk to people who lived in this multi-million dollar gated community. I'm going to talk to them a certain way. Then I'm going to be down in the ghetto apartment complex. And I'm going to change my approach how I'm talking to some of the locals there. It's knowing your audience, having that fluidness to be able to adapt, be able to relate and communicate. Don't just think, I want to take this one approach. I'm going to bark my commands. I'm going to go this way about it. And people need to get to my level. No, you need to adjust to them. And as when I did my time as a training officer, is one thing I always told my trainees was the best tool you have is not anything we're going to issue you. It's something you either have it, you learn, you develop. It's your communication. Fuck the taser, your Glock, all that other shit, obviously very important. But the way that you communicate, you're going to be able to escalate or de-escalate any situation. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, we're... We're all human beings and we're definitely, I think everybody has been on a call where like I could have done better personally that don't get like beat yourself up for that. But generally, even though people are fucking pissing you off and you know, they're saying stupid shit, but you're going to get through that call, 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 that call a whole lot better. If you're able to just talk to them like a human being. Oh yeah. That's take the mindset for those of you listening is, if this was your family, your mother, your significant other, your child, how would you want the cop to interact with them? Yeah. Take that mindset. Absolutely. And, and we've talked about it, or I've talked about it. We haven't talked about it because I've never fucking talked to you before, but I've talked to other people about it is, you know, there's guys that you're like, I want that fucking dude to fight. Like if I'm going to fight, I want that dude. There's a, if they're like a shot to be made, I want that dude making this fucking crazy shot. But then there's also that dude, like, if grandma's car, if my grandma's car gets broken into, I want that guy going. You know what I mean? So hundred oh, percent. Best cop you can be, be good at all of it. Oh yeah. That that's we had a on the store, we had this one house where it was always a fight. It was an officer safety flag, three unit response minimum. And this guy's fifty one, forty nine and a half. All right. Doper, mentally unstable, combative, always a fight. And whenever I had to roll out there, I knew which officers I want to send. It's like, okay, give me the whisperer. And I'm pretty sure most people have that guy on their shift or their department where they can go in and same calm, mild manner and be able to talk it down and get everything smooth sailing. Every time I had my whisperer, whenever we rolled to that house, never a fight was the only shift to where we never ended up having the use of force whenever we dealt with the snow skull was because, hey, I knew which asset. Now, if we got in the shooting, 
fuck now i want that guy to just go ahead and go back to the pd and make us some coffee because he's not hitting anything with a freaking double barrel sawed off but know your strengths and use them he probably should get some range time in but <laughs> yeah yeah i think he was related to someone why you gotta keep employed but either here nor there but he's a whisperer so there's that too yeah yeah all right, so we're going to we're going to move on as we do in typical fashion, but before we do that, I'd like to announce our winner of some poorly made police memes shit. Thank uh, lucky you. them. Lucky them. And uh thankfully I had a fella and I've said it a million times, but I'm going to say it every single time. I'm very thankful this guy donated some money so I can give you guys some free shit. We'll have to take care of him some way or another. I don't know where he lives. I don't know if he needs a handy or something, but I will take care of him. Anyway, God, that's a good way to lose sponsors. I should probably take that part out. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so here's the, the nomination here. Just talking about their buddy. He's always generous, helps all the newbies, which is a great strength because a lot of us have a problem of shunning them. Uh, is an, and is an instructor. He helped uh, this officer through their first use of force and their super first super long fight. He's a critical incident support for our department and is working to uh, make it better with the force policies in the state. He's an overall great guy. Please give him free PM PM shit. Thank you. All right. Your wish is my command. He gets some free PM PM shit. So he needs to email me back and I will give him some free shit. Hey, dude. So are you familiar with the uh, the word of the day we do over here? Yes, I am. Have you chosen a word of the day? Oh, let's see. Word of the day. Yes. Let's, let's hear it. Uh, let's use uh, this merch. Merch? This merch. And for the majority of us, because I sure as hell didn't know how to spell it without Googling that shit. B-E-S-M-I-R-C-H. Which is essentially to cause harm or damage the purity or beauty of something. Like that jackass earlier today who wanted to make a comment on your post. He besmirched the beauty and the whole foundation of your page of something we go to laugh at and get a break from the job by bringing his negative attitude there. I That's a great word of the day. Uh, I thought you said this merch, and I was like, that's fucking stupid. But um, <laughs> smirch, did I say it right? Besmirch? Yep. There you go. So that's the word of the day, kids. Send something in and I'll make you internet famous, but don't get yourself in trouble. All right. So now we're going to move on to the world famous something I've totally made up and no one else has ever done on Reddit or any other Instagram page is uh, ask me anything. Some of this relates to our friend Phil and some of it to me and we're going to get ready to roll. Are you ready to party? Let's do this. All right. So this question uh, is from a California cop and they want to know why won't the voters stop drinking the Kool-Aid? <laughs> oh. If I had that answer, I'd be a millionaire. It's sometimes you just want to watch the world burn. I mean, it's it's basically the world now is 24-7 Jerry Springer all the time. <laughs> you know what? Let's fucking blame that, dude, because I feel like the world got a lot worse because he was like one of the first reality TV type people, right? He, he opened up Pandora's box. He did. We need a we need fucking the Avengers to go back in time and fucking choke out Jerry Springer, baby Jerry Springer. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how that works though. Here's here's a very California specific order or question. 
What is your in and out order? Oh, shit. It's funny as I actually had in and out for lunch. Of course you fucking did, you commie bastard from California. <laughs> well, I had to, you know, fit into some of the stereotypes out here. So that would be a double-double animal style, add peppers, and double fried fries. All right. So you just fucking lost me here because when I left Colorado, they were just starting to get in and out and I'd gone to like in and out in Vegas and I wasn't super impressed. And I was like, well, I'll try it again. And in and out's okay. I'm not going to say it's bad, but it's just okay. Kind of like the same as Whataburger and and these fucking people in Texas are going to lose my mind. It's good, but it's just like, it's not built up to what like everybody, I, I think it should be right. Based on what everybody says. Me personally, if you want like a eclectic, not eclectic, that's the wrong word, but a not like everywhere fast food place, fucking Brahms. If you've ever heard of Brahms, it's only like very small area of the Midwest. Brahms is- I have not. Okay. I'll I'll put that on the list. And I, for one, have never even had a Whataburger, so I'll have to take everyone's words for this. So let's talk about In-N-Out though. What the fuck is animal style? So basically, they add more salt on the patty when they grill it. It comes with grilled onions and then um, Thousand Island spread, which I actually I have them take that shit off because that doesn't belong on a burger. And just put some ketchup on it. But yeah, I think with In-N-Out, the reason why it's so popular, special cops out here, is obviously you get a fifty percent discount on it. So a lot of those cheap bastards when you're on duty. You're kind of limited if you're working graves, which I spent 95% of my career on. So it's it's like that or Denny's. So. Uh, Denny's is dog shit. hate to say it. What about hey. Chick-fil-A is always good. Although the last few times I went, it was kind of 50-50 if they give you the discount or not. It It is. And I'm glad you brought that up because I have a public service announcement on that for okay. you cops. If you go someplace that has a discount, and obviously, I mean, follow your department's policies on gratuities, but if they don't give you the discount, don't be a douche and make a big deal out of it. If you're going to go out to eat, expect to pay full price. And if you can't afford to pay full price, don't go out to eat. Brown bag your shit. I, hey, I had a partner who would I'm always- I'm glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is a scientific fucking fact. I mean, yeah, if they don't get you the discount, you're like, fuck, man, I- but whatever, you don't say anything, you don't do anything because it's it's nice that you got it. Go, I have a story too, but go on tell tell the millions of listeners about your partner. Well, no, this was just the type of guy where he would only eat at places that would give discounts, and then push it a step further that would give you certain free food, like a diner which would give you a free salad, a free beverage. I got a point where this dude would go in to eat code with everyone. And that's all he would order would be the things that he got 100% for free. And it's like, okay, really, yeah, guy? So, that's a little no. much. I, I lost my train of thought. That's what I did. Have another I, drink of that pickle whiskey. It'll help. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm like trying to like power through this fucking beer, but it's, I, I don't know. This is my fault. I don't really like stouts. I guess I can't give it like a great rating, but it's just not bearable me at least i might have to run up and get some yingling to get through the episode but i'm going to flip the coin a little bit as far as like the eating for free 
I always fucking hated when people were like, hey, let's go out to eat. And then they'd be like, oh, yeah, this place is really great. And I'm like, okay. And then it's like a fucking like $20 meal type place. And it's like, you fucking assholes. Like, what are you doing? Like, to, to me, like, if you're eating on duty, it's expensive anyway. I get it. But like, if you get it beyond like 10 or 15 bucks, fuck you, man. Like, I got kids. This shit's expensive. 100%. I, when I went to the PD out of FTO, he had to eat out and he'd eat out two meals a shift. And it was always those places. And I, I literally got to the point where I was like, dude, I'm bringing my meal. I'll sit in the car. If you make me be that guy to bring my lunch pill inside the place, I will do that. But I'm not making FTO pay. I'm not dropping 25 bucks for lunch. Like That's just, that's not me. You know, that's an interesting debate is probably the right answer is brown bag your shit. Cause you're going to ultimately, you're going to save money. You're going to, you're going to eat better too generally. But I looked at it. That's the right answer. I'm, I guess I can't debate this, but sometimes it was like, you know what? Everything sucks. I just want a fucking Chick-fil-A sandwich, man. I just want a chicken sandwich. Like, fucking leave me alone. Oh, yeah. When we're talking about the Lord's chicken, that's an exception to the rule. Like, you can eat that every meal, every shift. That's perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with that. But when you're going down and, you know, cloth napkins and kind of candles on the table type place, okay, we're cops. This is not a first date. Don't take me here. Oh, so the story I was going to tell you, I heard a story of a fella, and I don't know if it's true. It was before my time, but there was a local joint that would give cops, they would like half off, right? This dude would go like almost every night off duty with and bring his whole family and a bunch of kids. And he got like, I think it turned into like an IA because he fucking like berated the employees for not giving them the discount. But he fucking go off duty. And it's like, like, thank me for my service. You fucking clown. Yeah, that's taking douche to a whole new level right there. That's and I never I never confirmed if it was true. And I'd be interested if that person was still around or if that was like a, a real old timer, but that, that person's probably in a leadership position, probably and holding other cops accountable, because that's how oh. this works. Oh, absolutely. That's that's leadership 101 in some agencies. All right. The next question we got here is. Well, we've already talked about that. The, the question was, why do we do this stupid job? But I guess I can't answer that because I don't do it anymore for now. Why do you do this stupid job? Well, first off, you can. It, it bothers me because I've seen that. I've seen other trolls making their comments. First off, do you know what page you're on? Like, don't don't come here and shit on someone. Just if you're having a bad day, like take it out somewhere else. I don't know. It's, now, to be, to, be fair, though, to be fair, to be fair, I, I to be fair, I think there's a certain you you missed the first one, but you made up for it because you got this one. Um, I think as a page and I'm not like, obviously, I'm not like as big as some of these other pages, but like I it just kind of comes with the territory. Right. Like there's there's so many people on the Internet and there's so many fucking people. I'm, I'm going to get trolled like there's going to be assholes on everything. So, I mean, that, I think that's unfortunately like the way of the world. But I mean shit dude you look at some of these other pages like you can't even get into the comments anymore because it's all garbage all of it and my i've kind of taken a stance where like if it's like fucking like straight up anti-cop stuff like it's not a first amendment issue like we want to fucking have fun and enjoy our page i'm just going to delete it right like it's not even worth my time um but some of these other pages won't and i get it because they have a lot more followers and a lot more comments but it's like miserable to even look at the comments 
So there's my two cents on that. Yeah, and one more thing let me jump on is for at least me personally and everyone else can tell their own opinions. So you know what, that guy making this comment, hey, to each their own. Me personally, I've, I've worked with a guy who put in 42 years and I've worked with a rookie who was, I mean, just smoking it on FTO, flying colors, no problems, had potential is going to be a great cop. His final phase before Shadow, he just, he tapped and he's like, you know what, I've had enough time on this, this job is not for me. It's not a good fit. I just feel like I can't do this for a career. And he walked away. And I have respect for them both from one end of the spectrum to someone who just taps out before it really even begins, because you know what? They made their choice. They came this far along. They put in all the hard work, effort, sacrifices, sacrifices their families have made. And I don't care if you put in decades or weeks, when you decide to call it a quit, good for you. And you're doing it on your own terms. And if no one else likes it, then go fuck themselves. Just my personal take on it. I mean, but think about this, though. I mean, since, you know, we went to high school, but now we're not in high school. So I don't think we're allowed to have opinions on high school or any related, you know, like I I used to work, I used to work at McDonald's. Um, I don't think I should have any opinions on McDonald's anymore, for sure. How dare you? How dare you? Although I think there is something to be said, too, where and I've. I've become, I, I don't want to fucking toot my horn, but just food for thought is become like more self-aware. Like I try to like not comment on shit that I don't know everything about because there's always something you don't understand about a specific situation, whether that's anything, right? Don't just because you're on the internet doesn't mean you have to give somebody your opinion. Right. I, you know what I'm saying though? Cause there's been times like I've posted stuff and like, I won't, I'll, I'll stand behind what I post, but then somebody will bring something out and I'm like, fuck, I didn't know about that. I didn't consider that. Fuck. And it, you know, you kind of eat crow on that. So I think it's better to be educated on things before embarrassing yourself on the internet. But that's, that's just me just kind of unrelated, but food for thought. Oh, no, I, I, I feel you on that. And Hey, at least when you're eating crow, you can admit when you take a step back, okay, my bad. I didn't see you from that point of view. And I've seen some of your posts that have kind of sparked, you know, the comment wars, people raging the fuck out. And where you're like, hey, we don't have all the facts. I'm not there, but you know what? Here, this was the freaking meme. But if you want to get down to it, you don't have all the facts yourself. So people taking a hard stance on one side of it or the other, unless they have every perspective and that helicopter view looking over the entire event, which rarely anyone ever does, you're, you're not going to be an expert on it. I don't know if you're you've just, been on Twitter or not, but everyone on Twitter is an expert in everything. No, I, I try to limit my social media as much as possible. Yeah. That I was on Twitter for about four days and I was like, Nope, Nope, we're not doing this. Um, yeah, so, I mean, in all, it's all fucking social media is like that. You get on any comment section on something not a meme page uh you know any news article anything that could be somewhat political or covid related and you have fucking all these experts who, who the fuck do you believe right it's crazy like for someone that you know obviously i somewhat make a living on social media now social media is a fucking cancer it's terrible oh 100 percent 
it's it's funny is that's where the majority or at least it seems from my perspective uh, society bases their opinions or their beliefs and holds everything as gospel because they've read it online or so-and-so said it so this must be true it's it's a sad decline of our society but nonetheless absolutely so this question's sort of related to me not to you so fuck you but they were asking if i make money (laughs) from a meme page and how long did it take and i don't want to take too much time because this you know i know you're short on time but um just so you everybody's aware like meme pages don't make money per se unless you know they're doing advertisements or they're selling shit and or other shit right where when i first started the page that was not my intent at all i was just making memes and as time went on i noticed other people were making a couple bucks people that make memes on these meme pages if you like these meme pages um not just me but like some of these other guys like go see if they have something they sell or, or whatever because a lot of these guys are just kind of doing it for, for the shits and giggles of it. And if you like it, go fucking, you know, give them a couple bones. So, but just by virtue of posting, it's not like YouTube, right? Where you post something on YouTube and by virtue of, you know, you get so many likes, you get money. Like I could have a post that has a million likes that doesn't equate to money or anything like that. It's kind of weird now that this is a monetary thing. As I say, if my AMC stock goes to the moon, uh, there will be no more sponsors on this podcast and it'll be out of control. But here's the thing. I got mouse to feed and uh, I'm kind of still seeing what the next step in my life is going to be. So I fucking do this. I might as well try and make a quick buck. So and if you have a problem with that, go fuck yourself and unfollow the page. So two things is, on that. If I could jump on it. real Yeah, fast. I would love for you to jump on it. All right. So first off, so I'm not getting paid for this. Is what it sounds like. No, not- absolutely not. You are not getting paid for this. I'm exploiting you so I can make money. Yes. Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure we got that out of the way. Second is it kills me is people who want to go on a page or go on somewhere and just bitch and bitch like, all right, leave. I don't go to a store that I don't shop at. Just go on there and complain about the prices and about the products they offer. Yeah. I don't want it. It's not affecting me, but I just want to sit here and vocalize like, fuck you for doing whatever it is you feel is best to take care of yourself in your life. Again, social media is a cancer where people are given this voice and instead of doing good with it, they just shit on each other. So humans are great. Um, (laughs) All right. I know we're kind of a little short on time for you, so I want to get to the good stuff. I don't know exactly where you work in California, but what's the best PD in the L.A. area? like within an hour or so is there somebody somewhere you would recommend uh, southern cal I, i'm not an expert on that whatsoever i could tell you this um northern california i have a little bit more knowledge just because i've had friends who have worked at lapd san diego pd torrance and they've migrated up north so my assumption is if it was really that great down there maybe that would have changed their plans i don't know not shit on any agencies i'm sure there's a ton of awesome ones down there but yeah i'm I'm not the source for that one fair enough uh do you have any plans this is a question for you specifically do you have any plans to move out of cali god i dream about that every day (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i got little ones and so that is the only reason why i'm in this godforsaken state and literally I would say 90% of all the cops I've known who've retired or just said fucking bounced. Yeah, they get the hell out of this state in a heartbeat. 
Um, I've looked before. I've actually looked at Texas a few years back and spoke hey, did some. Did you know that I can't go to Texas? You got all your exes out there, don't you? Thank you. Anyway, go on. <laughs> um, so I, I've looked before, and Texas is awesome. Like my favorite thing when I was looking to go out there, talk with some of the recruiters, and somehow we got on talking about different cars. And I'm I'm kind of a big guy, so that was one of the things I took into perspective of like, well, am I going to fit in the fucking vehicle or not? I had a recruiter for one agency. Once they found out my size and that I had an offspring, went into trying to sell it about their high school football and literally was getting the high school football fucking coach in on the selling me on moving out there <laughs> just for wanting to get my kids on the sure chance. I'm like, fuck, he didn't know I could have midgets. But just to have my genetics, my size out there in their pool of candidates for their football team. Football is very important in Texas. I don't know if you've seen, uh, fuck, what was that movie with the, uh, was it Friday Night Lights? That was one. Oh, uh, Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues, yes. Yeah, old Billy Bob there. Ten, motherfucking ten. It's a ten. <laughs> yeah, fucking God, what a cringy, great movie. Are you a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy? Yes, yes. Actually, both my agencies were big, and we actually had instructors in that and trained in the regularly. That's cool, man. Uh, I was, uh, I don't want to dox myself, but we were, I don't, I think it's popular enough, but we did the, the whole Koga thing, which I think is an okay system. I'm sure like a Koga bot's going to fucking send me a message right there and say, how dare you? Everything has their flaws for sure. But I, I would be interested to see if how well things went other places, if they got more into BJJ. And, you know, I think it's funny and I'll make fun of you guys. Cause like the BJJ guys are like, they're like fucking vegans, right? Where they tell everybody they do it. <laughs> but a lot of these bigger departments, they don't have a rest control. Or like a lot of departments, they don't, that was, I mean, at least Koga, we had something, right? Like a lot of these departments is like, all right, you get, you get the handcuffs on. And that's when you have problems, right? That's when you have guys doing weird shit because they don't have a technique. And they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Oh, a hundred percent. So again, probably another clue to doxing myself, but I was a, well, was a webless defense instructor. And they sent me to a couple different schools for different styles and I was fortunate in my agencies to where it wasn't just one style. Like you had your Brazilian jiu-jitsu. They had guys go to Gracie and train and then bring that back. You had your PIDT. You had Koga. Like it was a bunch of mixed martial arts that they bring in. One agency even had like, okay, boxing training. So I was fortunate to be at agencies to where they, they vested heavily into that training because you're, only, you're going to resort back to your level of training. And so if you're sending people out there half caught, and especially what I saw with a lot of the newer generation of cops coming in, never been in a fight in school, never had any kind of conflict, you put them out there with some methed out parolee who doesn't want to go back to the pen, it's not going to end pretty. So yeah, the, the parties really need to invest in their training and diversify how we're going to handle these people out there. God forbid if we have to, but make yeah, sure people... I Training, ultimately, like, everything goes back to training. And I'm like anybody, man. I fucking, I hated in-service like the next guy. But 
you need it, right? Except when they turned it into like, here's what I thought was great is we started having these issues around the country or whatever. You know, even though we never had an issue like that in my department, they would train you on that issue. Like we fucking did it. Right. And it's like, well, that's not anything we would do anyway. Right. So that, that was never like a good use of time where you get the same fucking police one videos over and over and over and over and over and over again. God, what happened to fucking, uh, God, what was his name? Um, great story, by the way. Um, Dave Smith, he, he was the uh, the old time, the first real social media cop back in like the 70s. Buck Savage, fucking Buck Savage. Like what happened? Man, Buck Savage, come back. We need you back. These new training videos suck. But Maybe um, the son of Buck Savage, the next generation. The next, the son of Buck Savage. But you revert back to your training, right? I for all the shitting I do in my old department, back when I started, the training was good, like really good. Like I thought the academy we went through was good and we got good information and we were trained well. And, you know, you would be out on the street in the middle of something and you'd have, you just handle it because you revert to your training and, and the techniques and stuff and the repetition and stuff. When you're not, especially now COVID time, when, you know, we were canceling tra- training because of COVID, right? you don't do some of these techniques all the time. Right. And it's, it's like you lose some of those skills, they're fine motor skills. So if you're not practicing that shit, if you have to do, you know, a takeaway in this situation, a gun takeaway in this situation, and you haven't practiced it in three and a half years, you're going to probably fuck it up. Oh, right? absolutely. Absolutely. And I, man, I, I wish if we had more time, I would go down a rabbit hole with stories and the problems and one agency had with trainings and i mean they were treating the shit like it's the 1980s i'm surprised he still didn't issue fucking revolvers but it's yeah it, it can be really big shit show for those places that don't invest and then they wonder why they get slapped with million dollar lawsuits when someone shatters some guy's shoulder when they're doing a simple takedown as well if you're not putting it into your officers if you're not getting the time out there what do you think is going to happen? I feel bad for, you know, some of these departments and it's, it's all over the place. It's all over the spectrum. You have big cities, little cities where guys just aren't getting proper training and guys and gals, they're not getting proper training. They're not getting the reps, you know, the, like, look at some of these big cities where like the guys can't hit the fucking broad side of a barn, dude. I'll be honest. I'm not no fucking marksman, but like, I'm confident in my abilities to shoot because we shot enough. Right. And I knew I was going to hit where I was supposed to hit. Well, some of these other places, like they just, you know, you see these fucking shooting breakdowns and the rounds are fucking everywhere. It's because they don't train. Oh yeah. I, I see. That's another difference between my agencies, my new agency, their, their standard qual for just patrolling, like everyone, even their brass captains would have to go to a range and do it. Their qualifications were stricter in a higher level than the SWAT team at my previous agency. So I've, I see there is a huge gap in, okay, are we really just doing it so that we meet, you know, the state guidelines and standards? So when the shit rolls downhill, departments can say, well, they technically passed on this date at this year, so we're covered, they're fucked, versus let's train them to be able to win the fight. Yeah, I I feel like we're on to something here, so we may just stay on this until you got to go. But there's this issue where guys will get on other guys in other agencies and say, well, if your department's not training you, then you need to go out and train yourself on your own time, which I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that because I'm kind of of the opinion that like, yes, 
and no. See, I'm I'm the same, and it's fuck. I mean, that's we can get really deep in that. It sucks because let's look, some of these officers, depending on where you're at, you can't afford. I, I can't, especially nowadays where you know what a a freaking case of nine mil is worth more than a kilo of cocaine out here. But it's hard to be able to find the time, the money to put into it. And then well, find, find time, dude. Find time, bro. Right. You hear that? You, you're going to make a way. You know what? No, if you cared, you're going to make it happen. Well, let's be honest. People have kids. They have families to support. They have other shit going on. And it's hard. At the same time, like if you're able to, there's simple things like, okay, I'm sorry. If, if you're a bad shot, work on some of your fundamentals at home. Are you allowed to take your firearm and make sure it's you know, unloaded, safe, point direction, work on your trigger control, dry fire, little simple things you can do that if you got five minutes to spare, it's not going to cost you anything to work on that. Yeah, why not? If that's reasonable, absolutely, you should be doing it. Don't just wait for that yearly qual to come up to sit here, okay, well, now it's uh, our post-mandated, we have to go do twist locks, let me go out there and fight for four hours with my partners and we have more work comp injuries from a training class because no one's out there doing any physical activity going out there taking any classes even picking up a fucking dumbbell once in a while so i i can see where yes people should be investing their time but the same it's it's hard just to put that it's an easy fix to put it on the officers and have that mentality of you should make it happen if you don't it's your fault I, I'm completely with you. If you have the present ability to do something, go do it, right? Because you're only, it's really going to save your ass down the line. Guys have family, especially if you work somewhere where you're getting held over all the time. When are you going to go? Well, find time, dude, find time. No, if you're getting held over all the time, you know, family time is important, man. And especially, here's the thing, and we'll get big and philo- philosophical right now, is at the end of the day, your family is the most important thing. If, if you don't have kids or whatever, I get it. Go fucking go train, do whatever you want. But like, I'm going to go spend time with my kids because there's going to be a point where my kids aren't in my house anymore and I'm not going to be able to see them every day or I'm not going to enjoy them when they're little. I mean, right now I'm, I get to do the play the stay at home dad thing right now. And I'm experiencing things as a parent I've never experienced with our littlest because I was gone for the other ones. I wasn't fucking here. I was picking up extra jobs to pay the bills. I was doing extra work. I was being held over. I wasn't here for some of this shit. And I, sometimes it sucks, but sometimes it's great, right? Like I'm, so you have to take all those things into account is at at the end of the day, you know, life's terminal. We all know that, right? Yeah. What is, what is the most fucking important thing to you? Obviously going home is important, right? You have to, be in the present ability to go home and take care of yourself and do the job. But if you're never there with your kids or, or, you know, your wife, your relationship's going to fail. You know, if you don't have time to fucking watch a movie with your, your wife, like you're, those are the things you're going to think back on. Like, you're not going to be like, fuck man, I went to that BJJ class, you know, every night, you know, two hours and, and, you know, me and Billy used to wrestle all the time. You're going to think about, well, maybe you will. I don't know. But you've got the time with your family, right? So don't miss those moments. That's what's important. Absolutely. And, and for me, it's a saying I always had. I pass it on to trainees, the people I worked with, worked for. Family first. That was my mentality. And you know what? You have to make your time because 
hey, for those guys who can and gals who can make it happen and juggle it and have this perfect balance, you're doing a better job than I. I have fell victim before to where the job it seeped over to where that was number one priority in life. And I will never make that mistake again. And thank God when I made my switch, that helped a lot of things to where like you were just everything you were just saying, I'm not in my head, even though you can't see me. And I'm like, yes, fuck yes. I've been there. And yeah, I'd rather, Hey, take my kids to softball. I'm sitting here making a day date with my wife. I'm taking all these extra times that I took for granted before you don't get those moments back. And you have to look at yourself and see what your priorities were. And for those guys who look like they just left a 5'11 clearance shop and fucking Punisher Skull t-shirts seven days a week and hard charging, that's great. It's not a not, not making fun of you. If that's your lifestyle, that's your mentality, that's what works for you. You do you. But you have to be mindful of there's, if you can't have this perfect balance, do the best you can to at least to keep it where it's stable. Because if you put work first and you're doing all this training, you're doing all this, and it's just consuming your whole life, guess what? You do 30 years and you're that perfect hard charger where you just make the time and you make the effort and you do all you can to be the best cop you were. 30 years, you retire. Yay, great. Here's your party. Guess what? A week after you retire, there's someone else sit in your patrol car you're just a number and someone else is taking that spot and all the other people in your life how are they affected where do you stand with them now that you no longer have this thing that was the focus of your life for so long so Dude, I mean, spot on, man i can't i can't add anything to that that's that's fucking spot on all right buddy do i have you for a couple more minutes just a couple more. Dude, I wish I'm like, fuck, I feel like we could have a whole session just going over trainings and mentalities. It's such a good topic, but it's well, like man, I said, we may have to do this again sometime. I wanted to hit because we're definitely not going to get to all the questions I had, but I wanted to try and hit just a couple of California related ones since I've got you. So two more real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, I got a couple more minutes. All right. Sure. The your favorite and least favorite part about policing in California? Ooh, shit. Well, that's damn. That's hard. I that's guess. <laughs> Can't go an episode without saying that. Go ahead. No, nope, nope. It was lobbed, and you got it. All right. So, the favorite part, and I honestly, I think it could be the same anywhere, any part of the states, and literally any fucking country. Well just my perspective is is being able to help someone and as corny as that shit sounds but knowing if you've had just even a slightest impact on someone's life to where you made it better whereas the empathy you showed helped someone through their rough time to where you know what you prevented someone from getting beat to death or maybe you know what locking up that doper that time he finally got his shit together whatever it may be if you've left a positive impact that I guess that's what I'm in it for is being able to try to help someone. I feel I've been fortunate enough to where I know I've been able to do that a few times out here. That or you know the fifty percent off at In and Out, <laughs> kind of a close close that's, tie. Yeah. What about what's the worst part about being a copper out in California? Fuck. It is right now to where it's just the revolving door. Where times it feels like it's not making a difference. You know what you. And go through everything, you hook this dude up, and what used to be something that would keep them in custody unless they posted bail until they're 
court hearings and trials and all that off to prison, they're out before you even start the paperwork. Wow. That is the shit. I mean, wild. I mean, I know that's in other places of the country too, but it's just crazy, dude. Crazy. I mean, I remember reading that article kind of, I think it was last year about like the guy like stole a car and they arrested him and then he got out and they stole another car and did a robbery and it was all within like the same day. And then he got out again. And what's the fucking point? Right. So the last question I'll leave you with, which is not, not a great happy ending, but we'll go with it. Any big departments in California worth still worth working for? Any big or any department in general? Are you making popcorn? No. Yes. Okay, you got me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm um, getting ready for the comment section. You're good. Well, it won't, you got to give. Yeah, you got to hold that till uh, Sunday. I think is when this one comes out. If I'm mathing, Wait, what's today? Thursday? Oh yeah, just drop one today. So Sunday. This will be Sunday. So right. yeah, any of the big departments, like in, like I would, you know, San Francisco, San Diego, Oakland, oh. San Francisco, big departments. So again, with the preface that I haven't worked for these places, so I can't give a true, like, this is great, this is horrible, basing it off of word of mouth from other people who worked at said agencies, San Fran is trash. It is fucking trash. Every cop that I've ever met who worked for San Fran PD, fucking miserable. They would rather be working UPS or mopping up puke at Disneyland. They've, they hate it. Their hands are so freaking tied. It's ridiculous. Um, I'll leave on positive note. One of the better sheriff departments in the state, and I know this because there's cops from so many different PDs, SOs all over the state who migrate up that way, Placer Sheriff Department. They take care of their people, the community out there. They're super pro-cops, super supportive, great establishment. It's been known as the mecca of law enforcement. All right. Well, hey, buddy, I really appreciate your time, man. This was a great conversation. As always, I wish I wish we had more time because I thought we were, we were going, we we're getting into some good shit with the training, but uh, you've definitely earned yourself a ticket for a second um, appearance if you'd be down for it. Uh, absolutely. Well, you should probably hold off on that. I'm totally game, but let's see how your, uh, your listeners feel because they might be like, this is the worst podcast fucking ever. You can be like, yeah, no, dude, the sorry. Worst, the worst one was the first one, for sure. Like, no doubt. That was bad. <laughs> That was a mistake. Any part of parting words of wisdom for uh, the millions of people listening that you'd like to share? Uh, let's see. You told me to tell them to buy more PMPM merch. So you're saving me that... breath because that was that's how this ends. This episode ends. So <laughs> you know what? I, I would just say again. I already had my cliche, but you know, put your family first and do what's right for you. If you're feeling this job ain't great, if you have some issues going on in your department with the job itself, take the step back if you need to, whatever that is, burn some leave time, find a better place to go. Even if you decide, you know what, I got to hang it up. It's just not for me. In the long run, you got to think, what am I doing? Is this about some trolls on the internet to have their approval that I stuck it out when I stayed at a place that was making me miserable? Or what am I doing that's going to make me truly happy? What is, what am I doing that's going to make my family, my life overall better? Hopefully it's still being able to jump. And if it's not, then take a step away because in the end, what's going to matter is your family. Hell yeah, brother. Fucking I'll drink to that. So will I, brother. Well, hey, I look Phil. forward to next time. Um, hopefully if you have me back, I'm totally game for it.
Yeah, dude, we'll do the fucking training expose. So, Phil, <laughs> again, I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, and to everybody listening out there, if you want to support the podcast, there's a million ways to do it. Buy some merch. You can click on the link attached to this podcast that says support this podcast and you will give me money and it'll be great. And I'll spend it on hookers and blow or fixing my crown Vic, perhaps feeding my family. I'm not sure. Until next time, I love most of you. Bye-bye.